A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome along to La Liga Lowdown. It's the start of a new season and we are raring to go. It's less than a week until the start of the new campaign and we are very much ready for it. I'm your host, Matt Clark. I'm joined by Sam Leverage and Tom Harris. Hey guys, how has your summer been? Really good, thank, thank you, Matt. Fantastic. Well, Real Madrid are the defending champions and will uh, kick off the season as favourites in many people's eyes and in the eyes of the bookmakers. So, Tom... We all expected there to be a certain big-name signing arriving at Santiago Bernabeu in the summer, but from pretty early on, even before the Champions League final, we knew it wasn't going to happen. So how are Real Madrid shaping up ahead of this season without Kylian Mbappe, but with a couple of signings? Yeah, no Kylian Mbappe, but um, I think Real Madrid have done some good business this this, uh, transfer window. Um, I think, you know, the way that they kind of look to replace that uh, midfield trio of Modric, um, Cruz and Casemiro, you know, we've got Valverde, Camavinga and Archuameni coming in. I think that's a really good kind of, you know, forward thinking planning from Real Madrid. And we'll see that kind of changing from Bagard happen over the season, I think. You know, I mean, like I say, it's going to be a kind of transition period, I think, for Real Madrid. We might see a few bumps along the way, but I think they've dealt with it pretty admirably and you know maybe we'll see a bit of a few minutes for Eden Hazard this season without the uh, Kylian Mbappe coming in and stealing all of his thunder. El fichaje is Hazard as they say. Um, how about defensively then because obviously last summer they lost Varane and Ramos um, brought in David Alaba who had a very impressive debut season. This summer they brought in Antonio Rudiger on a free and that defence looks looks a lot stronger now doesn't it? They've got options. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of Antonio Rudiger. I think he's a very solid defender. I think Ede Militao last season showed, you know, real kind of glimpses of the kind of monstrous defender that he can be at times. And obviously they've got Courtois behind them who, you know, he just breathes confidence into that defence when he plays, you know, the kind of way that he played last season. So I, I think generally it's looking good. Obviously, with your Real Madrid fan, you, you were hoping for Kylian Mbappe. But, you know, I, I think, like I said before, this, this will be a transition when you know, their main players are getting a bit older. Obviously, Karim Benzema is approaching the age of 35 now. So that's another thing that they might have to think about in the future. But for this season, I think, like you say, they've kept it ticking over well. And I'd be, you know, very much expecting them to be challenging for La Liga once again. Yeah. Final final point on, on this then. With... With Kylian Mbappe not arriving and with the attack, if anything, looking, well, in terms of numbers, slightly down, uh, Luka Jovic, of course, has, has departed too. Are they, it sounds silly with, with Benzema and Vinicius being the strongest two attackers in the league last season by, by a distance, but are they a little light up front? I mean, if Benzema gets injured, what will they do? 
Yeah, I mean, last season when Benzema got injured, you know, remember kind of Luka Jovic came in and then he was um, instantly kind of discarded when, as soon as Benzema was back and kind of Bale was in and out and Hazard was in and out and, you know, they've not really got the luxury to bring those kind of three or four kind of, you know, world-class attacking players in anymore. So they will have to, you know, rely on the likes of Rodrigo and, and, and Vinicius, obviously, to consistently perform along the way. But, you know, when you look at the way Benzema played last season, you look at how he's playing in, in pre-season. If he does avoid an injury, I'm sure they'll be fine. Carlo Ancelotti seems to think they'll be fine. But yeah, it, it is a bit of a risk. But, you know, you have to expect now Rodrigo with, you know, the kind of confidence boost he got from that Champions League run, maybe he's the one to kind of step in and, you know, fill those super sub shoes. Yeah, absolutely. He could be the revelation of the season. And don't worry, Real Madrid fans, we're not writing Benzema off yet. We're still expecting a, a fantastic season from him. Well, over to the team that finished second, and that's Barca, of course. Um, it's not much has happened this summer, has it? Really, it's been quite a quiet one over there at Cam now. Uh, oh, Palancas, the word of the summer. I think the Google search on those words has, has spiked up like lockdown did a couple of years ago. Laporta loves his levers. I think a lot of people are asking, Sam, first of all, what are they doing and how is it working? How are they able to do it? And then will it work? Will, will this virtuous cycle that they have talked about turn into a vicious one? Yeah, well, it's kind of a, a gamble, uh, short-term investment, long-term questionable results. And so it's a little bit like the CVC deal that La Liga announced for 17 of the teams last season, the fact that Barcelona are selling off, in the first two levers, they're selling off their TV rights, 25% um, of their TV rights over the next, I think it's 30, 40 years, um, for an investment now from 6th Street, which is effectively something they'll give up potentially tens of millions of, power, of euros long term, but they get that investment now immediately, which is what they desperately need to balance the books and to, to increase their, their wage cap as well. And then it's also the, the third lever, which is to sell off part of their Barca studios, which is where they make documentaries and marketing materials and so on that's been very profitable for them. And they've sold off 49% of that. There's supposedly a fourth lever which they could activate if they need to to get players registered because of course all of this gives them the money to sign players but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the funds the wage limit to register them with La Liga and that's the issue they're facing now but this fourth league would this fourth lever would be to sell off more of the the Barca Studios content that they have that they sold off to Sotheos.com and so it's an, an interesting one to see what happens over the next couple of weeks if they can get those players registered, especially because they're now coming up against a challenge of having too much. Their wage limit is, is almost so high with La Liga because of all this income from the levers that they're going to face an issue where they can't increase their wage limit any further because that would actually take them past where they were pre-COVID. And if a team has a higher wage limit than they did pre-COVID, they then don't have rights to certain restrictions and so on from La Liga, which benefit them in terms of COVID and taking into account that incomes will be down. So Barcelona's financial situation is still very complex. They have brought players in and Juan Laporta even today on, on Sunday morning was very confident that players will be registered in the question of a few days. But Juan Laporta has been saying that all summer and they still aren't registered just a week before the big kickoff. So time is running out for Barcelona and depends quite how magic they are in, in their accounts department. Yes, indeed. It's it's a precarious economic situation, as you've been touching on there. But uh, Matteo Alemani has worked some miracles in negotiating these deals. I mean, Jules Koundé, uh, Rafinha, Dembélé's renewed, and of course, Robert Lewandowski from Bayern to Barcelona. Um, how excited can Barca fans be, assuming they all get registered and everything works out? 
well, I mean, for Lewandowski to score three minutes into his first appearance at Camp Nou in, in the Gampa says it all, doesn't it? So, I mean, these are some fantastic players, especially Jules Condé. He's kind of a player who could be at Barcelona for the next 10 years almost and be kind of a regular throughout that whole period. For me, he's the most exciting one. Rafinha is another player who's very exciting and that he's going to get fans on the edge of their seat and he can have some real depth. And then you've got some other very strong additions, you know, beyond Lewandowski. I mean, you look at Kessie Christensen. I mean, these are good players who will add depth to that Barca squad. And that was the challenge they had last season was that they were very good at times under Xavi. And then maybe Pedri would get an injury or Dembele wouldn't be available and they weren't quite as fluid. Now they've got replacements for all of these players. So I think they can be very optimistic with this current squad. Indeed, it could be a real title tussle. So, of course, the third team that are always in this conversation is Atleti. Uh, they've had a very good pre-season, rounded off with a win over Juventus with a certain Alvaro Morata scoring a hat-trick, uh, which surprises quite a lot of people, I would imagine. Um, first of all, Tom, Morata's back, as we say. Saul is back. They've got uh, Axel Witzel in and uh, Molina at right back, finally replacing Kieran Trippier. Are they going to be stronger this season? Because their title defence last year wasn't great by any means. Will they be up there again this season? Or will their kind of centre-back deficiency potentially hamper them again? Yeah, I mean, on paper, we were saying this last season, on paper, they, they look very, very strong. But not on this, on this season, on paper, they look even stronger. So you have to say that, you know, that bit of a quiet kind of revolution going on at Atletico Madrid. Like we just mentioned with Alvaro Morata, he's, he's obviously scored a hat-trick. But I mean, if you look at his statistics, he's at 33 goal involvements in 48, 90 minutes at Juventus. So they're, they're very good numbers. And he's going to bring that to Atletico Madrid this season. Obviously, João Felix has got a lot to prove. Angel Correa off the back of a really good season. You've got the likes of uh, Llorente going into kind of like prime age. Um Obviously, Molina as well comes in to fill that um, Trippier gap at fullback. So, yeah, it, it's looking really good. Obviously, I think the main issue last season was really Yano Black's massive underperformance. And I think if, you know, well, according to the stats at least, I think if he can kind of get back on track, I think Atleti will instantly look stronger in defence. So, yeah, I mean, I'm quite optimistic for Atleti. And I think if Barcelona and Real Madrid do have any problems, I think they'll be the best place to pounce. Mm, interesting. Sam, as a a match-going culture era. You've seen quite a bit of the pre-season friendlies. Uh, what's your take on Atleti? First of all, I, I know you tweeted that they were playing you know, central midfielders at centre-back and, and up the other end of the pitch, you've obviously got Griezmann, uh, Morata and João Felix all kind of linking up. How, how do you see the, the system playing this season? What's Simeone going to do with it? Well, in the initial training camp, they were working with 4-4-2 a lot in Los Angeles and San Rafael. But then in the actual game, Simeone's gone back to the, the 5-3-2 shape and it's worked really well. I think Morata, Griezmann, Jao have really connected very well in these games. But, I mean, you touched on it there, the Warriors in defence. I mean, Felipe has basically been missing for all of pre-season, which surprises nobody apart from the person who gave him a new contract in the summer. Um Stefan Savic is another player who does miss quite a few games through injuries and suspensions. Josema Jimenez missed the game against Juventus through injury and we all know that he's not exactly the most reliable option. And that kind of leaves you with Mario Hermoso who played 90 minutes I think once in the second half of last season because Diego Simeone didn't trust him. And Reynildo, um, who's kind of a left-back, turned into a left-sided central defender. So... I mean, there is a lack of options there, a lack of depth. Axel Witzel has actually been very impressive since he dropped back into that role. And even Daniel Vass played there against Caliath on, on the right of a back three and, and didn't do too badly. But, I mean, you know, I think 
Atletico, if they do have a weakness, it's going to be in that central defensive area. And Thomas said about Jan Oblak and, and how he needs to improve. And I think a lot of Jan Oblak's underperformance last season came from having a very shaky defence in front of him. And if that back three is constantly chopping and changing again this season, it's going to be a big ask for Jan Oblak to, to get back to the kind of God level of goalkeeping performances that we're so used to seeing from him. Mm. Yeah, it seems like a big key factor, doesn't it, in Aleti's chances of winning silverware this season. It, it would be remiss of us not to mention Sevilla as the fourth club in the Champions League this year. Um, obviously, a well-documented departure for their two centre-backs who have been so consistent for a number of years now. But on, the, on this Sunday, they have a, agreed in principle to sign Isco. So my question to you, Tom, which will be more significant for their season, the departure of those two centre-backs or the arrival of Isco? Which will have the bigger impact? I think the departure of two centre-backs, if I'm going to be pessimistic about things. Um, I just think with Sevilla as well, my, 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 my issue with them is that it's a bit of an ageing squad as well. I do think they could do with a little bit of a refresh. I think Yusuf Nasidi as well, you know, he dropped from 18 to five league goals last season. Rafa Mir, you know, he, he, he was good, but he's not the kind of level of striker which, you know, you're going to need to fire you into Champions League places. And obviously with that centre-back partnership now, you know, it's looking like obviously they say Marcao from, from Galatasaray, who by all accounts looks a very solid defender. But Karim Rekic seems to be the second choice who's been kind of hot and cold in, in Spain, you know, since he'd been here. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see them sign another centre-back if they can before the, uh, the transfer window closes. I think Isco will be a great player. He always is a great player to watch and we'll enjoy seeing him in a severe shirt. But I just think they do need a bit more of a refresh. And I think with teams below them, you know, doing so well in transfer window, I think they'll be kind of looking over their shoulders a bit nervously. Yes, we'll, we'll come on to the, the European contenders and the relegation chances in part two. But just to wrap up this bit, Sam, do you see Sevilla still maintaining the top four position or, or are you fearful for them? No, I think they'll be lucky to get Europa League at best. And I don't Ooh. think Julian Lopetegui is going to see out the season. So. Wow, the big calls are coming early on that league lowdown preview pod. Big prediction from Sam Leverage. Okay, well, let's have another one then. Uh, Tom, who is going to win the league? Oh, I will go with Barcelona, um, provided that all the signings are are made and registered. But um, just because I think, you know, of a short-term plan, you know, they, they, obviously with Koundé and Araujo as the two centre-backs, I think that's incredible. If Lewandowski scores his 20 goals a season, I think they have to put up a challenge against Real Madrid. Indeed, indeed. Sam, who are you going with? Who's your money on, if you're a betting man? I'm going to say Real Madrid just to go against Tom. I think Barcelona aside that nobody knows what to expect. They could come out and be absolutely incredible or it could all fall apart. They might not register one or two players. They might have some injuries to key players. So I think just in terms of consistency of being a team you can rely on, I would go with Real Madrid. I think Barcelona have the potential to be better, but if I had to go for a safe bet, I would say Real Madrid. I would tend to agree, but I must say it does still rely on Benzema being fit because if he's out the team, that is a completely different eleven. We'll, we'll see if we get any kind of title race this season. Let's hope so because that makes it all the more interesting for all the fans of La Liga. Okay, thank you very much, guys. We will come back in a few moments for part two where we will look at the European race and the battle at the bottom. Stay tuned. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome back to part two of the La Liga Lowdown 22-23 season preview podcast. It's, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Everybody's excited about what's to come and no one really knows how it's all going to shape up. So now let's turn our attention to the European race, which is always fascinating. And then we'll, we'll touch on relegation later on in the show too. So plenty more still to come. Sam, you've, you've written off Sevilla. Um, so I guess we have to talk about who's going to take their place then. Tom, is it going to be Betis? They won the Copa last season. They brought in a couple of interesting signings, kept all of their key players so far. Can they push for top four? Yeah, I think they'd be my choice if, if anyone was to um, take over from Sevilla. Um, obviously, Manuel Pellegrini's just done a fantastic job with that team and they only look like they're getting better. The Sergio Canale is probably one of my favourite players in the division, just kind of aging like a fine wine. Obviously, Nabil Fakir is still there. We've seen the kind of links to uh, Awa from, from Lyon. I think they've stalled a little bit, but that would be a hell of a signing where he was to find his way um, in Sevilla as well. And Luis Enrique, we've just bought in from uh, Fluminense, looks to be a really, really exciting player. I've, I've had a look at him in pre-season and there's a few videos doing around on social media of him in Real Betis training, just kind of breathing past you know his own teammates. So he looks really, really exciting. And Felipe as well, Luis Felipe, who they brought in from Lazio, a good kind of solid uh, option at centre back. I, th- I think they're ticking over really nicely, and I think you know if I was to kind of compare them to you know Villarreal and Real Sociedad, they're the team. I think they just have a bit of an edge going forward, and I think they're probably just a bit more consistent than the other two sides for me. So they would be my shout. Interesting, interesting. Sam, who who would you say is is kind of favourites to to potentially usurp Lopetegui's side? Yeah, I would agree with with Tom and being Betis. I think Villarreal will be up there as well. I mean. They're a team who we know have the quality. I think the issue for them last season was they didn't have enough depth and they went very far in the Champions League. So, I mean, they couldn't do both of those to go far in the Champions League and La Liga, so it was always going to be a bit of a challenge. They haven't quite managed it, and I think this season they do have a bit more depth, but I'm not sure it's quite enough to break into the top four. 
Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, it always seems to be the, the criticism of Unai Emery's size. They're very good in knockout competitions. They tend to go far in Europe. Of course, he's won the Europa League many times. It's just that consistency in the league, isn't it? Week in, week out, particularly away from home. Can they, I mean, can they deliver, basically? Tom, I know you're a keen follower of Villarreal. What's, what's your take on, on Villarreal's chances? Yeah, I have to agree with Sam. You know, it was quite frustrating at times last season, just this, you know, like dropping unnecessary points. Uh, I think in, in the transfer window, I, I'm an absolute massive fan of Jose Luis Morales and I'm, I'm very happy that they brought him in, but he is 34, 35 years old. Eperena is, is now a second choice goalkeeper. I think if Los Celso and Cavani came in, then we'd be, you know, I'd be kind of have a different opinion. But yeah, like, I just have to go with Real Betis just because of how consistent they were towards the end of the season. Mm, interesting. What about the Basque sides then? We've got Athletic Club, Ernesto Valverde has returned to La Liga. I think a lot of people are pretty excited about that. Well, maybe not excited is the right word, but a lot of people are intrigued to see how that is going to work out. And then, of course, we've got Real Sociedad on the other side. Seems to have reshaped their attack. They've lost Porto, they've lost Yanazai. Take Kubo has come in for yet another loan spell at a La Liga club. Um, can this be the one that works out for him? And, of course, uh, Isaac after a bit of a disappointing season last time around, I think it's fair to say, can he return to his best form? Um, there's, there's a lot of unknowns, isn't there? Um, Sam, who, who, do you, who do you like the look of so far? Well, I think Athletic are promising with Ernesto Alverde. I think they just don't have the, the firepower. I think one team that will be interesting to keep an eye on is Valencia with, with Gattuso. I mean, they're a totally different team and style compared to last season. I mean, with Ball of the Last, it was very much Ball of the Last Ball football champion in the pragmatic defensive sense and under Gattuso they've been a completely different team I mean I think they averaged about 45% of possession last season and this season in the pre-season games that they've had I think they've averaged around 65% possession so it's going to be a very drastic change that we're going to see at Mestalla I think much of how they get on will depend upon whether they keep hold of Carlos Soler Jose Luis Gaia I mean there's already talk that Gonzalo Guedes is on his way to to the Premier League and we have heard lots of talk about those sales and if those players do actually move on then that's really not going to help Valencia but if they manage to keep hold of most of them at least maybe that could be a, a dark horse to be up there. Yeah I think the, the Geddish to Wolves is, is almost all but closed isn't it as, as we record so by the time you, you know, you're hearing this listen, it may already be confirmed so Geddish obviously a massive attacking weapon for them if they lose him Where's that creativity going to come from? Where are the goals going to come from? Because a lot of it went through him last season. Um, and, and on paper, again, it's just the squad getting worse and worse season in, season out. Tom, what's your take on, on Valencia? Um, and can they, can they push on? Or are they going to be kind of stuck for another season of mid-table obscurity? Yeah, I think the Giddish sale is massive. Um, you know, if it does go through, which is looking like it is, they lose a lot of kind of forward drive with, with him. He, he was the man who drove him up the pitch and, you know, scored the goals most of the time. I think if we are looking for a side to push, you know, like Sam mentioned, Athletic Club, I think with um, they've got some really good players coming through. I mean, Noyan Sunset now 22 years old off the back of a very promising season. I think he will, will offer something more this season. Nico Williams, we saw bits and bobs of him as well. And at La Real, you know, we, we, we talked about um, um, Isaac having a bit of a poor season last year, but um, Mohamed Ali Cho has come in, 18 years old from Angers in France. Um, looks to be very, very good at kind of, you know, relentless kind of pressing up front. So I might relieve Isaac of some of his kind of pressing duties. And Bryce Mendes as well from Santa Vigo. I think he's one of the, one of the 
better kind of creative midfielders in Spain. And, you know, I, I think La Real, you know, they were almost unbeatable at home last season in terms of, you know, scoring again. So I think they only conceded nine goals at home last season. So if they can carry on with that kind of defensive solidity and add a bit more spark up front, I think they could be, yeah, pushing for this kind of Europa League spot. But as I said before, I think Betis are my top four pick. You're keen on Betis. You're keen on Betis. Um, how about some dark horses then to make a kind of run to, to sixth or seventh place? We've had Granada in the last couple of years. Um, Osasuna potentially this season. Hetafe have had a very impressive summer, haven't they? We need to mention them. And of course, Espanyol have Diego Martinez appointed. They have brought in Hosselu, who is a very effective attacker and will do well in a, in a more creative team, I think. But um, yeah, Sam, who for you looks the best of the dark horses? I mean, you, you follow Hetafe quite well as well. What do you make of them? Yeah, I think Hetafe are an interesting one. I mean, under Kike Sanchez Flores last season, they were much improved on the first few weeks under Michel and... I think he's a coach who knows how to get results with teams. And I think the way they've strengthened over the summer transfer window is, is exactly what they've needed. I mean, I think they won't be as reliant on Enes Runal this season as they were last season. I think they've made some smart additions. I mean, Luis Mia is an excellent addition in midfield. They've been linked with Fernando Pacheco, the Alaves goalkeeper. Um, there's talk of Jorge Cuenca coming back on loan in, in defence. They're even linked with Umar Sadiq from, from Almeria. So, I mean... They're really strengthening across the board and I think they've really kind of done a good job of plucking the best players from relegated teams. I mean, Domingos Duarte as well came from Granada. And if you want a team that is going to shoot up the table from the bottom half last season, I would say that Hetafe are the, the best place candidates to do that. Mm. OK, well, let's talk about the bottom half then. We had, of course, Almeria, Real Valladolid and Girona coming back up to Primera. Girona finally getting through the playoffs after many uh, many times falling at the final hurdle. How do we think the promoted sides are going to get on? I think there's a lot of excitement about the way that particularly Girona and Almeria might shape up. Tom, who, which of those three promoted sides are you most excited about and why? Yeah, if I was to pick one, it would be Girona for me. I think, um, I mean, recently they've signed Yangel Herrera on loan from, from Manchester City and that is, that is a really, you know, it's a big statement of intent, I think, for, for a promoter side to get a player of his quality. Jan Couto as well from Manchester City as well, very promising young fullback. Miguel Gutierrez from Real Madrid. You know, we saw a lot of people hyping him up when he was playing for Los Blancos a couple of seasons ago. So I, I think, yeah, they've recruited really well. And Valentin Castellanos as well, the striker that they signed from uh, from MLS. If you look at his statistics, he had 13 goals in 16 MLS games last season. He's already scored three in pre-season. He scored a really great goal against Napoli the other day. And I think if he can kind of click up this partnership with Stuani up front, I mean, Stuani's 35 years old now, but he scored 22 last season in, in um, Segunda. I, th I think they have a lot of firepower and I think they could be a kind of team to, you know, similar to what Rayo did last season where they take teams by surprise a little bit. And, you know, I think it'd be really interesting to see where they end up. Mm. Yeah, it seems like they have a chance of, of hitting the ground running quite well. What about the teams that just about stayed up last season and who are we concerned about? We've got Mallorca, Elche, Cadiz, um, Celta, of course, we have to, we have to mention. And, and you guys mentioned to me off, off camera, um, Rayo. You're quite pessimistic about Rayo. Uh, Sam, why is that and, and who else are you concerned for? Yeah, Rayo, I think, uh, in my head, I don't think that Rayo go down. But then the other day we were looking at the odds and I think Rayo are four or five to one to go down. I think that's excellent value if you're looking for a random La Liga bet um, for Rayo to go down because I mean remember they only won two games in the second half of last season 
um, both of those away from home. And the second half of last season, they were bottom of the league in terms of their results. So that's already a difficult situation. You add in the fact that their signings this summer haven't been particularly exciting. They've lost top scorer Sergio Guardiola, who's gone back to Valladolid. He was on loan last season. And then the only addition that they seem to be making in attack is that uh, Raul Martin Pereza, the owner, is forcing for a move for Diego Costa. And Diego Costa isn't a player that either the sporting director, David Cabinho, or, or the coach, Andoni Raiola, want. They've already got Falcao in terms of older guys who can't play week in, week out. But I think they might struggle to get results in in the first few weeks of the season, especially. And if they don't start well, then it could be an uphill battle. Mm. Off-field problems at Rio, where have we heard that before? Uh, Tom, how about you then? Who Who is, is that on your worried list? Yeah, for for me, it's Cadiz. I mean, they, they, they just about survived last season, you know, skin of a teeth kind of stuff. It was, a, it was a last game victory away at Osasuna, I think, which which kind of pulled them over the line. And, you know, they've, they've not really strengthened from that team, which just about avoided relegation. They, they've brought in Victor Trust on a, on a permanent deal now instead of a loan. And that's about it, really. And I think, that, you know, they're a team that are kind of ageing. You know, Alvaro Negredo is, is 36 now. Lucas Perez, 33. Um, you know, they've got a lot of players who are kind of their talisman who are, you know, coming towards the end of their career. So I, I think, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from them in terms of a transfer window. We, we haven't really got that. And I think, as you know, we, we're discussing the teams around them have strengthened slightly better. So I, I am worried for Cadiz, definitely. Mm. And, and what do we think about Celta? It's been a very turbulent summer with open war between Denis Suarez and, and the president Mourinho. Uh, Aspas is another year older. Are we scared for Celta or are we putting those as kind of safely mid-table? What do we think? They're shooting themselves in the foot with the whole situation with, with Denis Suarez um, to do with things off the field and a clash with the president. And they're saying that he's not going to play for the club um, basically until he accepts an offer to leave and he doesn't want to. He's not in any rush. So I think it's it's a difficult one with Celta because their squad is generally quite a talented squad. But even with Chacho Goudet, who's not a bad coach either, but I just don't think they have enough. And and there were rooms that Goudet could walk away even before the start of the season because he wasn't getting the signings. He was promised some players come in, but you do have to wonder whether they're the quality of signings that he was expecting to come in. Well, they've signed. I think they've signed seven now, uh, the latest of which is uh, Paciencia from Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, Tom, I know you kind of had a little look at his numbers. You seem he, he might be able to give Aspas a bit better support than he had last year, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, with Celta, it's, it's difficult, but I do think that they have recruited reasonably well to kind of, you know, patch these holes that Denis Suarez is going to leave, that kind of an ageing Iago Aspas is going to leave. I think Kudet's going to have to be a bit more um, smart about how he lines his, his, his side up this season. And like you say, I think there is a weakness there to be kind of attacked, you know, if Isaiah does get an opportunity against him. But yeah, I think they've got talent in the squad to survive, but I don't think it's going to be as good as it has been over the last couple of seasons. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, I won't put you guys on the spot to name who's going down right here, right now. I'll give you a few weeks to see how the season starts. But what I will ask you is what what excites you most for the season? It can be a team, a coach or a signing. Um, yeah, it's difficult to choose one, but I'm going to go with uh, Luis Enrique at um, Real Betis. I think he's going to be a very, very exciting uh, exciting watch. And I think he's definitely, if you're a kind of neutral, he's kind of get, get you off your seat kind of player. And I think he's definitely worth shooting him for from what I've seen so far. Betty Cozy, you heard it here first. 
Sam? I'm looking forward to seeing what happens at Valencia because on the one hand, I think they can qualify for Europe and play some amazing football. On the other hand, I think Gattuso could be sacked by October and we could be in all kinds of mess. So I feel like whatever happens at Valencia this season is going to be entertaining. We can't wait for the Paco Pollitt updates. I'm sure they're going to be as lively as ever. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me on this preview podcast. We will have another podcast before the season starts. Yes, we will be doing a match day preview podcast for the opening round of games. So look out for that um, later on in the week. Uh, that should be very exciting. We'll go into a little bit more depth on each fixture too. So that's, that's still to come. Uh, for now, it's, it's thanks from me to Tom and Sam for being here. And thanks to you all for listening. Um, we can't wait for the season to start. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTON. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.